Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Hannah Woodward, Rob Longo, and Tom DeAngelis. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to John chapter 6, verses 41 through 51. But before we uh, read this uh, gospel reading, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open? The bread of life. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of our lives, the gift of reflections from the heart. Thank you for uh, this radio station, this program, all the listeners. Lord, we just ask you please to bless each and every one of the folks listening abundantly, them and their families. Draw us all closer to you, Lord, through your word. Help us to prepare our hearts for Mass, that when we read the gospel, uh, at Mass, or when we hear the Gospel at Mass, that we are completely open and docile uh, for you to work in and through our lives as husbands, fathers, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, friends. Lord, help us, guide us, and protect us. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Hannah, do you mind giving us a little gospel of today? Sure thing. The gospel's taken from John. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks, Hannah, for for reading that. And when you you read the the one line here, they shall all be taught by God. Isn't that so cool to just think uh, that God loves us so much, he he wants to teach us, and uh, a lot of times... I will, or people will will tell stories about praying for humility. And when you pray for humility, you usually get humiliated. And uh, I heard a priest say, pray for docility, which is being moldable and teachable. So God wants to teach us. And uh, I just pray that that I and all of us listening, that we can be docile, that uh, that we can be teachable, moldable, uh, that, that things in our lives that are not that are not right with the Lord, not following His will, uh, that when they're revealed to us that, you know, that we would change, that 
we can admit that we don't know it all. We don't have the answers. Our our opinion our opinion really doesn't matter. You know that we would trade trade O's. I say trade Lord trade my opinion for obedience. That you know if you want my opinion on curtains or paint color maybe, but when it's you know a truth of the faith or anything relating to our faith and morals, Lord just give me the docility just to be obedient because you love me. Right that in that obedience is freedom. And I've used this David with with my kids a lot. They've seen uh, you know the horses and. Uh, you know, they're all in a, in a fenced-in area. And I said, well, don't you think we should, you know, if, 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 you know, if Mr. Rabel really loves the horses, let them go, right? Let them run free. Isn't that, wouldn't that be nice? And, I said, and they said, no. Said, Why? Well, they'll, they'll, leave, they'll go away and they'll go in the street and they might get killed. And I said, well, that's the beauty of obedience, that if we stay within the framework of how God designed us, how he made us, and how he wants us to come home to him, then that's freedom, that we stay within the boundaries of his love. And, and when we do that, we can run free, just like the horses can run free within the fences. We can run free within those boundaries. That's beautiful, Robin. I keep going back. Last week we talked about Jesus saying, I am the bread of life. I am the bread. And here I think it's said five times, I am the bread. And it made me question, what bread? What bread? And so we, to, make, to answer that question, I said, well, where else does Jesus take bread, say the blessing, and tell us, this is my body? It's the Last Supper with his apostles. He doesn't say this is a symbol of my body. So he takes bread, he breaks it, he blesses it, and says, this is my body. And... This is my favorite passage because this is where the Lord took me as a Catholic who didn't have a clue about the Eucharist, who I would have told you, oh, yeah, that's Jesus, that's the Eucharist, that's, yep, he, yep, that's, I didn't know what that meant. I knew what it meant in my head, and that's what I was taught as a Catholic, but I had no clue in my heart. To think that Jesus wants to give himself to us, to feed us spiritually, his very body, blood, soul, and divinity, in a non-bloody matter, in the Eucharist, to give us that spiritual food so that we can have life and have it eternally with him, that didn't happen until I challenged God and said, you know what, God, you got to help me. I don't understand this. And I opened up my Bible, started reading this whole John chapter 6, and I came to this sentence, I am the living bread. That came down from heaven, whoever eats this bread, he just told you he is the bread, so ever eats Jesus, he is the bread, will live forever. Okay, we're getting there. And this was it for me. And the bread that I will give, he hasn't given it yet because he hasn't died yet, is my flesh, that's body, blood, soul, and divinity, for the life of the world. Well, he truly gave his flesh on the cross. He died on the cross. He, his flesh was crucified. So that same flesh is the bread and becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity at the priests offering up the bread, like the, you know, you know bringing together that symbolic um, Passover re, um, representation of the Passover, it becomes Jesus for us body, blood, soul, and divinity. He is the lamb of God, the same lamb, the Paschal lamb that we consume. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's right here in this sentence. You just gave me the definition. The bread is his flesh. We must eat the bread. He is the bread. And this gives us the life we need, spiritual life we need. 
for our journey like Moses was given manna for our journey home to the promised land, which is heaven. You know, occasionally, um, not as often as I used to, but occasionally I'll run into somebody that, you know, that says, are you saved? Are you born again? And uh, my answer, my standard answer for years has been yes, many times uh, over. And one of the times I remember, because I think if you're a, a cradle Catholic and you've been a believer pretty much your whole life, it's not a matter of losing your faith and coming back. A lot of times it's just coming to a deeper understanding of your faith. And I think one of those conversion experiences happened for me when I, when I realized, I mean, I've always believed in the real presence, but I don't think I really appreciated it and understood the depth of what that means until I really reflected on what consummation means, what it means to consume. And that relationship between, you know, the Last Supper, um, Holy Thursday night and Good Friday where you think about what it is that you're actually consuming, what it is that's becoming part of you, and and the the, the Paschal Lamb has now become part of, you know, part of you, and what exactly that means, and then reflect on how it is, you know, why is it that Jesus picked that, you know, food as a representation of his flesh and and his blood, because it so intimate it becomes part of what we are we put it in our mouth we chew it it you know it, it, it we swallow it it becomes part of who we are and that says uh, an incredible amount of the spiritual level about what jesus was intending to do not only with the eucharist but also with his death you know and what that means i'm supposed to consume that sacrifice that death over and over and over again so it becomes part of who i am so my life becomes a sacrifice for other people like Mother Teresa, like Pope John Paul, like, you know, St. Catherine of Siena, like people who have become saints, canonized saints, because their whole life was given for other people. It wasn't about them. It was all about God and being for other people through that. And that's what we, that's what we are consuming. We're consuming the life, blood, and flesh of a person who completely surrendered himself to God's will to give himself up for, for us, for all of us. So, and that's what we eat every meal. It's a share in his divinity. That's what the Bible tells us. As he took on our humanity, he is sharing his divinity with us. And, you know, I am so grateful for our separated brothers and sisters that are not Catholic, sometimes are called Protestants. They and their love for Jesus and the Bible and their intimacy with Jesus in the Word of God, in the Bible, challenged me. They challenged me through through their prayers for me and challenged me biblically to say, hey, Show me where that's at in the Bible. Show me where that's at. And you know what? God took me on a journey as a Roman Catholic to come to understand the roots of our faith, all of our beliefs, everything we do finds its roots, deep roots in sacred scripture, in the Bible. So I thank them for helping me learn of the deep intimacy You can have not just personal relationship with Jesus Christ in and through his word, the Bible and sacred scripture. You know, Father Larry Richards says, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. Come on, guys, we can consume Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the word of God, because why? The word is living. So if the word is living and Jesus was the word made flesh, he is the word of God. We are consuming that truth and that beauty. We are consuming Jesus in the Word. And that's where we have our connector point with all separated brothers and sisters in Christ that are baptized, Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're members of the same body of Christ. And their love of sacred scripture, the Bible, can help us 
grow in our intimacy, in our relationship with Jesus. But then we have a responsibility with the same zeal that they come to us and they encourage us to get into the Word. We need to help them on the journey in the Word. John chapter 6, read it. Let the Lord pierce your heart with it of the truth. Jesus says in the next readings that we have, you know, my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Read it and share with our separated brothers and sisters the beauty of it's not either or, it's both and. Our unity and our connector is the Word of God, the Bible, which is what they totally put their faith in um, with the Holy Spirit's help. But we can help them to show them biblically that our belief in the Eucharist is 100% grounded in the beauty and truth of the Bible. And this is just the beginning of it. So so as a Catholic, you got to first learn it. And then when you do consume Jesus, which means you go to confession, you get clean, because 1 Corinthians tells us, man, don't receive it. Don't receive it if you're not clean, because you're going to receive condemnation. You're basically mocking what Jesus did for us. So get clean, and then truly go and receive the Eucharist and be changed. Be changed, and let them see that change. So that's living it. Learn it, live it, and then share that truth and beauty with a humble courage that doesn't force but encourages. You know, David, that just goes right back to it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. And it's just, it amazes me the lessons God teaches me every single day and with the people that I meet. Um, he's just inspiring me to be a better person and, and live my faith, you know, into a more intimate, deeper level with God. And, and we've spoken in the past about trying to close the deal, right? When, when we try to close the deal, we close the door, right? The door of someone else's heart. And then as you were sharing, David, I, I looked uh, at the the second reading that we'll hear at Mass, and it's beautiful. It says, uh, Brothers and sisters, do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, fury, anger, shouting, and uh, reviling must be removed from you along with all malice. And be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving one another as God has forgiven you in Christ. So be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and handed himself over for us as a sacrificial offering to God for a fragrant aroma. So we have such a passion, such a zeal for Jesus in the Eucharist once that reality is made known to us and we live it and we receive him every day. Um, But then for me, I have a tough time balancing my joy for that gift. And sometimes I do get like a little bitter or anger or shouting or whatever that it's like ah come on because we we want the, the like when my brother was away from our family for five years i went over to his house and i wanted to wring his neck because he hurt my mom so much and i went over and with i went over with bitterness fury anger shouting didn't work out too well right then i was humbled and went over with love and kindness and through God's grace, he's back in the family, right? So same thing with our separated brothers and sisters that are in love with Christ in, in, in his word. I have such a, a desire like I did for my brother to come home, for them to come home, but I need to make sure that I'm going out 
in love and being a, a fragrant aroma uh, to, to attract. And that's so important, Rob. And what you shared, Hannah, is exactly the key to that. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him. We're not God. We can share with love and humility and courage the truth and beauty of the Eucharist found in sacred scripture, but oh, not in a way to beat them up, not in a way to disrespect them, but as a brother to a brother, as a sister to a sister, just say, here's where we find it. We need to know our faith in our heart, live it in our lives. And then when the Holy Spirit opens the door, Rob, we don't break them down. We share this truth and love with love and with humility. That's what's key for me. And we need to respect our separated brothers and sisters on their journey because they have relationships with Jesus. They love him in his word. They, they run their businesses that day. They read the scriptures to their children. It's beautiful. So respect them in their understanding of what they receive at communion and how they receive it. Respect it. That's where they're at. If God the Father chooses to open their eyes, and I always said, you know what? If God the Father ever wanted to open the eyes of Rick Warren, he would do that. It's not my role and my responsibility. You never know what God the Father can do. But it's always in his timing. It's always his plan, because I know in my conversion event, evangelical Christians help me immensely, immensely, because I didn't know my faith. I didn't know the Bible. I never read it. So my heart goes out to them. Dr. Scott Hahn, he'll tell you the same thing. His background is fully evangelical. And so many other beautiful theologians in our church today came from that background, and they have a great respect for the love of Jesus our separated brothers and sisters have. So sharing truth with love, Rob? Absolutely. Slamming and bamming people with it? No. Now, the, the sword of truth, which is our Bible, the Word of God, is meant to pierce the heart, cutting through bone and marrow. It's not meant to chop people apart. It's supposed to pierce the heart. Yeah. And then I think we have to be prepared, as Jesus experienced, for the murmuring, right? Yeah, just that kind of like that, that talk, right? So recently, my son had a, a weekend baseball tournament, and it was far enough where we had to stay over, and, and it was just a lot of... Just a lot of baseball, a lot of time. Praise God. I was, I was so glad I was able to go. Uh, but the Saturday morning game was an early game, 8 o'clock. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going you know, to miss Mass. And then through God's grace, you know, he probably knew my heart, there was a shrine near where the baseball game was that had an 11 o'clock Mass. I was like, oh, Lord, you're awesome. And there was a rain delay. I was like, oh, no, come on, get the game going. So the game was over just in enough time, and I gave you know, $20 bill to a friend and said, can Robbie go with you to lunch? I'll meet you afterwards. And I, just, you know, I just left. And I see a dad go when I was leaving. He's, where are you going? So I just told him where I was going and didn't make a big deal about it. So here it comes. My wife tells me later that the next night she was talking to some of the moms, and they're like, did, did he go to mass instead of going to lunch? What, what, why? Why did he do that? I hear he goes most every day. Why? I have a tough time going on Sundays. Why? Why? And here, like, she's kind of getting attacked a little bit, the, the murmuring. She's receiving the murmuring. Um, but if I said, oh, you know, there's some time in between, I'm going to go grab nine holes of golf, there probably would be no murmuring, right? So I think once we take a step out into our faith and we decide to intentionally live our faith, and I, I love Jesus so much, and, and I want to be with him, in the, receive him in the Eucharist, that wherever I am, if I'm out of town, I, that's the first thing I look for. Where's the closest Catholic church? Where are the mass times? And through God's love and mercy, 
he knew I wanted to see my son's game and I wanted to receive him in the Eucharist and he made them both happen. That's awesome. So I got to see the game and, uh, and go to mass, but then, then the murmuring came. So I think we need to expect some of that. You know, we do. And you know, we always go to God in our hearts and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, give us the words to share what we're to share and what we're not to keep us silent. So that little ditty of a prayer in a heart, I think is really key because if a person's not open to receive, and what else I find is, you know, if I'm involved with an evangelical Christian or someone who doesn't understand the Eucharist, you know, I'll say, may I help you see that in sacred scripture in the Bible? If they say no, stop, don't go, don't share, let it go, let it go. They're not open. But if you ask permission and they give you permission, you invite the Holy Spirit into your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to have you speak what's to be spoken and what's to be shared and then be silent for what's not. And it's amazing how God will use you again and again and again. And, and the word that comes to me, and we talked about this before we came on the air, is, is perplexed. And one of Paul's letters says, you know, perplexed, but not, I'm not despairing. So that's, this is one thing that does perplex me is that the greatest gift that Jesus left us, his body, blood, soul, and divinity. I mean, a lot of Catholics that are at Mass don't believe. There's a lot of Catholics that don't go to Mass as well. But it's like the greatest gift is right there. And that's one thing that, that is a little perplexing. It's like, wow, Father, why, why wouldn't you want to just reveal it? You know, like open up the skies and say, yo, <laughs> it's my son. Uh, yeah, so. But you know what? That takes us to this sentence, Rob. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Believes what? Believes in Jesus Christ? Yep. Believe in his every word? Yep. What words did he speak in John 6? My flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. I am the bread of life. The bread that I give is my flesh for the life of the world. He spoke those words. They're his words. It says it right here. You must believe to have eternal life. Whoever believes has eternal life. You know, when we, and, and, and so that's where our brothers and sisters in Christ that are separated, they encourage us to learn the Bible, learn it in our hearts. Our catechism of the Catholic Church says ignorance of sacred scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ, St. Jerome. It's right in the catechism. If you don't know the Bible in your heart, if you're not consuming Jesus, body, blood, soul, divinity that way, you don't know him. You don't. You can hear about him, but if you don't consume him, and then thank you, Lord, for the example in the road to Emmaus, it's not either or, both and, Hearts burned when Jesus broke open the scriptures to the two men he walked with, the two disciples. But it was in the breaking of the bread. They saw him. They realized this is Jesus. That's our mass. That's the first part, the liturgy of the word. That's the second part, the Eucharist. It's not either or. It's both and. So brothers and sisters that are Catholic, wake up, ask God to reveal it, and then live it so that you're an invitation to the banquet. And, and, you know, to your point, Rob, about the murmuring, um, I, I love this line. You know, Jesus, he isn't pulling any punches here. He just says, stop murmuring among yourselves. You know, it's not, not please, not, he just kind of blunt right out about it. And then the other thing that part of that is he goes, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then it says, and this never really kind of hit me 
until I reflected on it today, is, is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught by God. Well, there's something about this end of this passage where he talks about being drawn to, the, to him by the Father and being raised up on the last day that has something to do with being taught by God. And I never really put those two things together. Like to me, it's either you believe you're drawn by God, you believe you'll be raised up on the last day. But I don't think he would have put that passage there, that quote from the prophets, if it didn't relate to what he had just talked about. So there's something about being taught and having uh, being drawn to Jesus that is a learning experience. It's a growth. It's an understanding. It's a it's an it's a God opening up Himself to us and showing us what's going on. And then uh, the other thing I just wanted to point out is that you know those last words of Jesus. You've often heard about last wills and testaments. You know if somebody's on their deathbed and they're struggling to say their last words, and Jesus knew he was dying. So those last words are really important. It's not just, you know, something he tossed off. Those are his last words to his disciples, and that's his last testament, you know. And he even says it's his, you know, his last, his, the new covenant, the new testament. So, yeah. And I don't think I've ever experienced this. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I don't remember ever in school at the beginning of a, of a year getting a textbook by the teacher and saying, okay, have a good year. I'll see you at the end. You know, you guys teach yourself. Right, that that would be ridiculous. We wouldn't expect that in in school and in business or whatever. Why would God do that? If He wants His kids to come home, He needs to teach us. And what did He leave us? He left us a church, right? He left us His Word, tradition, and the teaching authority of the church, the magisterium, beautiful three-legged stool. That if you take any one of those legs out of it, it, it falls. Right. So God is going to teach us, and He left us a beautiful church and to, Rob, to teach us. With our free will, in order to be taught, we must be open to learn. Jesus said, if you seek me, you're going to find me. But if you stop seeking, if you stop digging, I was talking to a friend the other day, and uh, I said, well, where do you stop? Do you stop in the 1500s? Do you keep going back? Do you find out what the disciples of the apostles, what do they believe? Because I think we all have a role and responsibility that if we want to seek Christ, we got to dig back. we got to learn. And you know what? I challenge each and every one of you, go on that journey learn the truth about our faith, learn the truth and beauty about Holy Mother Church, learn the truth and beauty about sacred tradition, not the traditions of man. And then open up your eyes and you'll see the church. May God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, 
May God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.